Hello, it's just me again. Um, I'm doing something a little bit unusual this time. My mom and dad took off for uh, one of the local gambling places. It's, uh, yeah. I gotta quit saying that. I shouldn't say. I should say it. I did say it. Um, shit. Did I lock the door? Let me make sure I lock the damn door. Hold on. She's, uh, she's been doing better and everything, so, yeah. Yeah, I've got to run to the store real quick, so you have a good day. Have fun. Oh. <laughs> Kathy's there. Okay, sorry. Um, ran, running up real quick and, uh, one of the ladies that lives in the complex who just walked by. Anyways, um, yeah, my mom and dad, they ended up uh, going out of town. Sorry for that quick little hiatus. They went out of town and they uh, went to a local gambling place and everything. And meanwhile, leaving me um, with the, the roommate, Michelle, she's... Uh, um, probably about 15 years younger than me and everything, and, you know, it's my brother's ex-girlfriend. Once they parted ways, they, she ended up becoming my mom and dad's, uh, roommate and everything, so my mom enjoys the company of Michelle and everything. So, in any case, um, I've been, um, I'm actually, uh, taking off to go to the comic store. It's kind of cool having a car at my disposal, um, but I just, I really haven't been taking advantage of it and everything. And I've been trying to get my father to go to the comic book store with me. They've got a place called I Love Comics here in uh, Vancouver. And of all the comic book stores I've ever been to in the world, um, it, mostly here in the United States, but uh, of all the comic books that I've ever been to, I'll go so far to say this is, hands down, the best comic book store I've ever been to. They have these uh, bargain bins of... 50 cent bargain bins where you can get you name it for comics uh, from basically X-Men to Fantastic Four to action comics, you name it, that you can get it. So it's kind of surprising. There's, you know, it's just really kind of one of the, the cooler things about uh, about this place. I'm so sick of the ghetto element hanging around. So, anyways, with that said, it's just like, uh, um, so, in any case, I'm heading off to go to the comic store right now. I'm just driving myself down there. I went and ran errands before and uh, ended up going to Walmart, of all places. But, for the most part, it's just, uh, hello, people. <laughs> I don't know. I've been um, been playing the Watch Dogs, and uh, I think I'd mentioned this before, but... Uh, I'm kind of glad that I actually had to restart the game. I was about 12% uh, done. Um, 12 point, it was like 12.7% done with the game 
even though I was um, roughly 50% done with the storyline. So, 12% done with the content, the program content for the game, versus 50% done for the storyline, is how far I had progressed in everything before I lost uh, lost that, that progress. Now, I'm about uh, 60% done with the content, and probably I'm almost at the same point of being 50% done with the storyline. So I've progressed the content portion of things. They've got something called fixer contracts, uh, convoy contracts, all these different things that you can do um, as a uh, player and everything to interact with this world. And, you know, there could be missions from keeping the cops busy while the quote-unquote client does whatever they're doing all the way to... Um, basically running cars, uh, any number of different things and everything just for miscellaneous contracts and everything. And uh, my apologies for the background noise. That's actually the car with me driving. I've got the headset on and I'm talking, acting like I'm on a cell phone, which I'm not because I don't want a cell phone. And um, it just... Anyways, I'm excited. I'm actually excited about going to the comic store for the first time in a while, getting some reading material, taking a break from the uh, computer and everything. But I'm also um, I'm I'm starting to get to the point where I'm, you know, when it comes down to uh, some of the programming stuff and some of the ideas and concepts that I've actually seen in Watch Dogs, I've been making my modifications with uh, with GTA Grand Theft Auto and also playing Watch Dogs too. I've seen a lot of things, and I'm just like, I actually got this idea yesterday of taking the whole concept of the Leisure Suit Larry and just taking all these concepts and ideas and blending them into one game. And I I asked my friend, uh, Stanley. Um, Stanley is a wonderful guy. He's a programmer as well. And I asked him, I said, what do you think the likelihood of it is of somebody actually completing a game the size and scope of like a GTA or Watch Dogs or something like that on their own? And he's on the same page as me. I mean, textures and graphical assets and artistic and creative aspect of things is really kind of the toughest part, you know, for us anyways. I mean, for me certainly, you know, because coming from a programming background and everything, um... I mean, I was creative when it came down to analytical and came down to code, but when it comes down to um, creativity, when it comes to, uh, you know, the the elements and the things of that actually makes a world look and feel, I mean, I've certainly, because of the games I've been playing, I've paid more attention to, like I just had a truck, it's called XPO Logistics, that just pulled out in front of me and everything, and it's a, um, not really in front of me, but, uh, it, you know, to the point of interference or anything like that, but, you know, it's slow, so for me, it's just like I've come to understand, and now I, because of the games I've played, I've, I've come to actually look at the vehicles a lot differently than I used to, you know, there's a certain uh, number of different things that are associated with every vehicle, you know, such as the weight of the vehicle, all the way to the mass, um, mass and weight are not one and the same, um, acceleration of the vehicle, and that vehicle had a, had a slow acceleration, there's the overall point of view to be able to get a firm point of view as a, from a third person and everything, and, you know, the first person perspective and everything is going to be profoundly different, um, and I'm just like, I'm sitting here going, okay, there's all these different possibilities that actually go into 
creating that single truck from a programming perspective. Now, creating it from a physical perspective is very, very different than creating it from a programming perspective. You know, from a programming perspective, I'm basically creating, um, it, it could be, I can create random textures and writings and everything, and uh, I can actually use it without to uh, do it. And this is actually one of the plans I do have, <coughs> is to generate the textures and everything for something I create um, all from, from scratch. So basically everything I would be doing, uh, the, the primary goal I would have is to have all original assets. And, uh, and when I refer to an asset, I'm referring to the textures, the images that actually make up the game and everything, um, make up this, uh, this other world. I, I'm not going to reduce it down to a game. I'm going to call it a world in itself, which in itself has a game and also a storyline and other aspects of it too, you know, for the interactivity and everything. Um, but there's something called Perlin noise, and that's actually, uh, and also fract, it's a part of something called fractal algorithms. And fractal, uh, fractal algorithms actually comprise a lot of the, the look of my current world. So if I look at a tree, for instance, there's fractals that actually, you know, to some degree create the trees and create the branches. And it's a repeating pattern that actually extends all the way to the point that the, you know, tree ends up, um, hold on a second, make sure I'm making a right on the right, mill plane, is it plane, is it fourth plane or mill? Uh, I want to make sure I just make a, make the right right turn here. So... So for me, it's just uh, one of the one of the goals I would have with making this is just basically making it uh, you know for myself and everything, but also not taking photographs of my world to create in this world, but to leverage assets that I have actually taken the time to understand the creativity that it takes, you know, from a programming aspect of how to actually create these same art assets. So everything I would want to do, that would be kind of the goal. So I started thinking the other day, wait a second, you know, why don't I just try to hijack, um, hijack the entire Watch Dogs uh, franchise? You know, take it away from Ubisoft. They're doing a fantastic job, don't get me wrong. You know, but what if I actually try to hijack the entire franchise and say, you know what, um, I know they're working on three right now, and they're still two, three, maybe even four years out from it being completed, but what if I actually just go out there and set up with the goal, the primary intention of saying, you know what, I'm going to make four, and I'm going to focus solitarily on building a four, and it's going to be in Phoenix, and I'm going to go through this process of of leveraging all the same ideas and concepts and everything, and rather than leveraging cities that everybody else has been building on, you know, Chicago, Los Angeles, um, San Francisco, and all this stuff, do it based on a city that I've spent a lot of time in, and and still, um, I have to admit, I, I actually enjoy the, the prospect of the city. I've had some wonderful memories there. You know, so it's just like, if I can actually do something like this, this can actually make it fun, and I'm already here. So, now I'm just going to do some parallel frickin' parking, which it's been a long time since I've done this, especially in a tight, cramped environment like this. Eh. I make it too... Yep. Parallel parking for the first time in, oh, what's it been? Seven years? Eight years. Can I do it? Can I do it? I did it. 
Yay! Anyways, um, I'm going to continue this on the way back and everything, but uh, for now, you're seeing, and you also get to hear about what happens with my comic ventures. That only took 12 minutes from the point of doing that. That's pretty good. Anyways, I'll be back. Hello, me again. I almost forgot about Um, I just walked out of comic book store. Easily, hands down, still the best comic book store in the world. Uh, ended up getting myself $38 worth of comic books. Uh, got myself, um, a whole bunch of number one issues. Um, basically I ended up uh, getting almost everything with Star Trek with the exception of one. I got something called the Super Villain Classics Galactus, the origin story. So, anyways, uh, traffic looks horrible here, so it's a good time to chat with you. But, um, in any case, um, yeah, I ended up uh, getting Galactus, the origin story, $12 comic. Uh, it's an older, oldie but goodie. And I just, um, I mean, I know the origin story. I've actually read this comic book before. And um, it's not like I have any extra money, but the way I look at it is it's a, uh, it's a little bit of an investment in my future. So, any, uh, you know, my mom and dad gave me a little extra money and said, use this to go get, uh, go get some food. Well, I just spent it on a comic book. So, seems like it'll last me a little bit longer. But, uh, in any case, um, yeah, so I got a whole bunch of different Star Trek comic books. So, everything from Star Trek, uh, what was it, the, the Academy, they call it Starfleet Academy, all the way to... Next Generation, um, they also had some IDW comic books, so, here's the funny thing about comic books, instantly it's like a used car, um, the moment that you, uh, pick, you buy a comic, it depreciates in value, um, at the very least by about 50%, if not more, and it takes a while to reacquire its value, and, uh, IDW comics, um, hands down, some of the most fantastic, uh, beautiful art and, and magazines or comic books that I've, in recent years that I've ever seen. You know, they've, they've actually turned the comic books around and they've done something fantastic with it, in my opinion. Um, they, uh, I ended up um, buying, they had some more recent, they're, they're covering the more recent Star Trek series, so everything that you're seeing in the movie theaters from 2009, J.J. Abrams reboot and, and everything after that um, has been a direct product of... Uh, of, well, I, in combination with IDW as well, doing some of the stories as well. So, and, um, they're, it's their characters. So, the current, uh, James Tiberius Kirk, uh, played by whatever his name, along with Spock, that's, that looks like, um, Siler from Heroes. All that stuff is, uh, is in the IDW comics. Now, the other ones have the, the old characters, you know, Picard and, um, Captain Picard and Captain, um, oh, what is it, uh, Captain Kirk and that kind of stuff, but, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm actually pretty jazzed, I ended up, uh, getting some really cool, cool, uh, comic books, and, you know, I, once I get done with Watch Dogs and everything, I'll, uh, I'll start reading some of these things, and I'll go through the Galactus one, I'm actually kind of excited about that one, I looked for, uh, some Terminator ones, too, and, um, they, they were sold out of the Terminator ones. I'm actually just wanting to collect the, uh, collect the series, Star Trek and, uh, Terminator series. I like the idea of, um, of, 
you know that kind of stuff. I also got another uh, another series I've never seen before. It's uh, called the Time Masters or something like that. I asked uh, asked the guy at the um, at the checkout stand and everything that uh, what if they had anything that he can recommend for time stuff. And he has they have such a huge collection. So they had an old sto- an old store um, over by Clark uh, Community College, and they ended up uh, closing that store and opening up this one, which is literally three times the uh, the floor space. The other one was so small and so cramped, and this one here is just, I mean, I was disappointed to find out that that comic book store was uh, that was sold 50, 50 cent comics, you know, was out of business, you know, the one I went to go over there and today, but then all of a sudden I ended up looking online, just like, I think that's the place, and all of a sudden, sure shit, it's the place, so same owner, I remember the guy, and uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm really kind of jazzed today. So, 38 bucks isn't horrible, and it's, you know, it's, I mean, I ended up, they're 50 cent comics for the most part, you know, every single comic that I got, with the exception of the one, that was $12, and I just wanted to get, you know, I mean, I just, I wanted that one, you know, so it's called Super, the Classic Supervillain Classics, and, um, the story of Galactus, if you don't know who Galactus is, he's a world eater. He, in a literal sense, eats entire worlds. So what he'll do is, he's he goes to planets that uh, the Silver Surfer will point out, and he always has something called a herald, and that herald will go from planet to planet across the galaxy and find planets that actually have uh, enough energy uh, for the, you know to consume to satiate uh, Galactus's hunger. Now, Galactus actually doesn't come from this universe. He comes from the universe before this one. So there's, and this isn't uh, unusual, there's the Watchers that actually do the same thing, too. They come from the universe before this one. So with this, um, he has a herald, and that herald is an imbued with um, almost limitless power. Um, I can't actually, you can't really say that. Almost limitless in this universe, but not not even remotely limitless. So the Galactus is a, he's a multi-dimensional th- creature. And uh, for the most part, he's basically a, he is a humanoid, um, but he's of giant proportions. So, sometimes he appears as nothing more than a, a mind, and that's actually hinted at the end of Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, the, uh, the movie. Um, but uh, Galactus, uh, he'll plant himself on a, uh, on a planet, and at that point, like a, uh, like a tick eating blood from a, from a human, he'll literally consume the entire planet and leave it a dried-shelled husk of a planet when he's done, and I'm talking about the planet the size of the Earth. So, anyways, um, he ends up uh, going from planet to planet to planet doing this, and, you know, for him to kill 4 billion people, or 7 billion, or 8 billion people on a planet is, is really nothing. I mean, it's just, you know, for him, it's just another day at the office. You know, he has to satiate his hunger somehow, so that's what he does. He basically goes from planet to planet, and the Silver Surfer finds the planets for him. And Silver Surfer made this arrangement with him uh, to basically seek out planets that actually can can uh, provide a, a thirst for or a quenching for his hunger um, to basically spare his planet. So Silver Surfer is a, uh, he has a galactic power, and he has the capability to be able to go... Um, pretty much around, uh, he doesn't need air, he's, 
you know, more or less, um, he's immortal himself, and he rides a surfboard, uh, you know, as funky and funny as that sounds, um, across the galaxy, and just basically speeds from one point to another, um, leveraging cosmic energy, and uh, using that energy, he'll he'll skitter at, you know, basically the speed of light plus, um, in between different planets, trying to find planets to... Uh, to satiate his uh, his master's hunger. Now, Galactus is super intelligent. So, in the process of consuming energy, he actually he'll um, also consume the minds and you know the the thoughts and, and more or less uh, everything from a planet. You know, so it's a form of assimilation, not that much different than what the Borg do. Um, but he's an individual, and that individual mind and everything you know, just basically form, uh, forms together to create this being that, uh, you know, more or less, it just, you know, doesn't really have much of anything else going on other than I'm hungry. And uh, at that point, you know, he'll go and he'll go from planet to planet. And that's more or less what he does. So anyways, my fascination with him is he's, he's born and raised on the same... Um, the same planet that the Watchers are on, and uh, that that the Watchers were born from. So he he kind of has a backstory that I'm I'm actually tr uh, I can't remember offhand. I'm going to read this for a refresher for the memory and everything. That uh, he ends up um, going a different way than the Watchers, and the Watchers uh, are preservationists for the most part. They're they're there watching uh, reality and alternate realities, all different possibilities for all the different realities, and at that point, um, that's kind of jackasses, um, at that point, uh, they ended up going a separate direction, they're, they're basically, they'll, the Watchers will watch over civilizations, and, and often talk about them, discuss them, there's this whole series of called What If comic books I've discussed before, that, uh, that discusses this as well, so, anyways, um, that divergence is actually covered in this in this comic series, um, or actually the single comic book. And the series it was intended to be a series, a supervillain classics, but it never really got to the point of being a series. So I'm actually going to start collecting some of the supervillains um, stories and everything because their stories do fascinate me. I'm I'm definitely intrigued and everything. But most of all, I also want to look at it from a perspective of you know, hey, these are you know, kind of like, uh, I, you know, I like, I like reading stories about them. So, anyways, it took that long to beat traffic and to make it back. It wasn't that long at all, was it? And, uh, <coughs> Michelle, my mom and dad's, and my, I guess you could say roommate, her car wasn't working this morning. So, we're going to have to change the battery, so... Wondering if she's even home yet. Let's see. Keep you on the headset. See if it's still recording. Yes, it is. Wow. It still took a very short time to get here. Eleven minutes. Gotta love that. Make it all the way to downtown and back. Michelle? No, not home yet. I am so jazzed. This is so cool. Oh, I also got another one called Hardware. It's got the Collector's Edition. 
And uh, I used to collect comic books, but I'm going to be a little bit more selective with the exception of uh, two series, Star Trek and Terminator. Um, I'm a huge Terminator fan, and the reason I've been a Terminator fan is it just comes down to, as a, what I consider a species, it's like the Cylons, um, they have... I think they underestimate themselves in what they're capable of doing. So, you know, the Cylons are kind of the same way. I just got this. Oh. Cylons are from Battlestar Galactica. Anyways, I'm just trying to find food for fodder for my own imagination. You know, so the way I look at it right now is I'm basically feeding my mind, my imagination. Um, ideas and and things that will actually manifest in my reality. So that's kind of the reason I'm getting these. Is I've realized that there's a reciprocative relationship to the things that happen around me, and uh, it's basically when I feed my mind things, um, I'll see things manifest in the real world based on the things that I'm feeding it. So it, that, that relationship uh, that's occurring, it's like, how can, I, how can I actually provide more information? You know, and there's a Star Trek series that's coming out, and I like the idea of actually saying, hey, you know, if I can actually feed more ideas and concepts you know, to my own mind, my own imagination, you know, and in the process, um, you know, maybe see some more, some more entertainment and also some more possibilities, you know, that, that occur for not just, uh, you know, for life possibilities. You know, right now I'm, I'm sitting playing games and while I don't mind having this, you know, the, and I don't mind, you know, kicking back with my parents, I also feel like there's a part of me that I need... I need the companionship, you know, of somebody, and I, I, that's among the reasons I'm out, I'm also picking up things like Star Trek and Terminators for new ideas on how to potentially create companionship here, even if that companionship is imaginary, you know. So I like the idea of hanging out here with my mom and dad, you know, and then you know when they go to bed at night, boom. I, my companion, you know, springs to life. You know, she shows up. Now, how, how do you actually, you know, let's say imagination, you know, is this thing that when you feed it, you know, it grows in its capabilities. It, it grows like a tree, like a, like a bush, like a, like a, a plant, like anything. The more that you feed it, the more possibilities that arise from that. Well, I think the the unbridled, um, the unkept, the un the uncensored, the un um, managed imagination is what's responsible for creating things like bipolar, schizophrenia, multiple personality disorder. Some people, I do believe, have actually managed to harness that to their advantage and everything, and and leverage this. You know, to me, though, it, it would be an impairment. So, 
from my perspective, these impairments and everything, I need alternative um, ideas and options in order to how to how to present this. And maybe the idea of presenting my alternative personality, you know, through somebody that I actually interact with, you know, that somebody that I manage um, could be a form of multiple personality, dis you know, a form of multiple per personalities without calling it a disorder. You know, so when children get imaginary friends and that kind of stuff, um, they're taught, you know, to believe that this is this is wrong, that this is an impairment. You are indoctrinated for the most part um, at your youth, you know, to basically believe that these that seeing things that the adults can't see is is bad. Well, that works for children. And, and here's the reason it works. Um, if you were to let your imagination go, um, there's infinite different possibilities. And the thing is, when you um, don't focus on building up your sense of awareness about your own perspective and knowing you, you know, from from a very young age and everything, knowing who you are, having a solid belief and a solid foundation poured and everything, and then from there, you know, that's, uh, this is at least what, what's happened with me in my life. And then from there, starting to actually nurture and, and foster the imagination of, and what's possible and slowly expand the horizons and everything from there. You know, uh, the opposite of that, you know, the idea of, of having infinite possibilities instantly available to you. You know, um, honestly, I can't imagine it. I cannot rationally comprehend that aspect of things. And I myself do feel that I would be overwhelmed with that. Not only that, but I would probably just not be who I am today. Now, I like me. You know, so I like who I am. I'm not perfect, um, but when it comes down to it, there's, I, I like who I am. You know, so in with who I am right now, um, there's some things that are going on in the outside world around me that I I need to change the way um, things are happening around me, and thus change the way that I perceive the world. Well, that that happens. I feel I I believe through imagination. So when you feed your 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 mind, you know, information that alters your perception, right? You know, so as you're going through and you're you're doing those things and everything and you start feeding it new information, well, you start noticing different things that you never noticed before. And uh, as you go through and do this, um, more and more, you might see things that you never saw before. Well, I, I have gotten well past the point of believing that uh, the things that I, I saw for the first time were always there. Um, I believe that my mind, you know, went through the process of experiencing things and start letting go of the filters that actually eliminated things from possibility and also started opening up the new possibilities as I started going along and everything. So basically your mind is, you know, my mind at least is in constant, constant shape of, or a constant process of being refashioned. You know, it's, it's like clay, you know, um, it, it can be formed into many different uh, different ways. <clears throat> there are points where it can become solidified and everything, you know. Um, but 
you know, clay has the capability to just add a little bit of water, you know, and all of a sudden, boom, that clay is just as moist as it was when you originally got it and everything, and moldable and shapeable to whatever you want to. Well, and to me, I, I feel like that, that process of, of the drugs and everything is the water, the, the water that actually loosened up this, this clay called my mind, or called my brain. Now, at this point, you know, and for the last seven years, I've been going through the process of, of reworking it, of basically saying, okay, what is it I want? And, and also, the big thing is overcoming my own fears, you know? So, fear of, of basically knowing that if I get into a fight with somebody, you know, and I start down the slippery slope of fights, well, I look at a video game and I start understanding that people are at the point in, in some of the video games I play where there are shootings that are happening, you know, that, you know, 50 feet away and somebody sees somebody get and shot and nobody does anything about it. Well, I know the slippery slope of possibilities that a simple, you know, acceptance of shooting and fighting of what that causes in my world. You know, so if I actually do it myself or if I actually go through the process of making it acceptable for others to do it as well, that at that point creates that slippery slope that actually makes it so where invariably, I suspect, I believe, my theory is that the worlds that I'm seeing in Grand Theft Auto and everything are the worlds that will actually result in my repetitive habitual action of repeating this. You know, so me doing these actions will cause profound effects on the world around me. You know, so, and, and the more that I actually do these things, the more that it actually, you know, causes the world to, to align with my perspectives and everything. Now, you might say that there's, you know, that's narcissism or egotistical, you know, and um, I'd say, of course it is, you know, I mean, that's, that's what life is, is basically the, the embracement to some degree of individuality and potentially letting it go someday. You know, so to some degree, Hotel California, the Eagles had it right when they were saying some dance to remember and some dance to forget. Well, you're dancing with your own mind, you know, for the most part. And that dance is between individuality and, and complete loss of individuality, you know, through the process of this process that takes fucking forever and everything. So, in any case, um, I've seen the writing on the wall, you know, when it comes down to the possibilities and say, I'm not interested in, you know, warfare. I'm not interested in, you know, the gutter trash and all that kind of stuff and everything. And while I do pay attention to it, I pay attention to that and I put a big, huge veto stamp on it. I'm not interested in that in my world. You know, I'm not interested in that in my life and everything. So, you know, uh, the way I look at it is, it's just like, okay, you know, but what am I interested in? Well, I mean, porn is clearly one thing, you know, more adult uh, adult oriented, you know, content is, is certainly one thing, you know, but in the real world, I'm having a hard time actually manifesting that. I mean, let's be clear, you know, society's hard, hardwired to basically make it so where, you know, you go through this, this self-replication process, you know, and uh, by the time you're 50 years old, you know, if if you've got a couple, you know, a couple million in the bank, you know, or you've got, uh, you know, the, the looks of Brad Pitt, that's about the only way you're going to get laid regularly and you're going to find company regularly if you're not married. 
you know so really when it comes down to it it's just like society is hardwired you know to basically ostracize me you know when it comes down to to the thing that i enjoy the most which is my sexuality you know so how is it i can actually change alter that direction you know of society you know um and, and right now i've been focused on making the modifications you know and discussing it in blog entries and these podcasts and everything on a regular basis and uh, i'm seeing some of these things manifest in the TV shows as a result of it. Orville, um, one episode's on um, one guy that's doing a, he's doing porn um, within the holodeck. You know, um, I, these aren't coincidences. This is just simple reciprocation of the information that I'm feeding my head and I'm also putting back out there. You know, but the thing is, when you're putting it in a digital way, it's basically like throwing a single rock, you know, into Niagara Falls, you know, once a day, you know, and, and hoping that that single rock is actually going to change direction and divert direction based on doing one rock a day. Well, sure, it'll work, you know. But the thing is, it's going to take 100, you know, 150 years, you know, for me to be able to achieve the results that I want to achieve, you know, so for me to actually, and, and I'm realizing this, I'm seeing it, you know, so sure, I'm seeing evidence of the things I'm putting out there, you know, but how is it I can actually create mo more profound effect on the outside world around me? Well, one of the things is actually embrace the things I enjoy, you know, and in particular, pay attention to those that, uh, those things that are actually motivating me, you know, to basically um, go, uh, to, to take my world in a direction that actually gives me more direct control. You know, so how is that? Well, number one, increasing, taking my hacking skills to the next level. You know, right now, there's a lot of hackers out there that are doing kind of the same thing. And uh, it, I got to the point where my competition looked exactly like me. You know, um, that's not working anymore. You know, it, it creates an effect where I, as a programmer, um, don't have this capability to be able to compete at the same level as them just because there's too many of them. So how is it I can actually overcome this competition and and also take that to the next level in order for me to actually embrace and alter the world that I want to? Well, a part of it means understanding technology from the future. Well, we have infinite different futures at our disposal at any given time. You know, that's the cool thing. But there's a censored portion of things that actually come, you know, a relatively censored portion of things that actually come through TV, movies, and TV shows, and that kind of stuff and everything. You know, so I, I, we're getting some good ideas, but the thing is, there's a lot of fanboys like me that are out there that are actually receiving this information and using this. Well... So what other avenues do I have in order to basically create more ideas, more information to basically take my mind to the next level from an imagination perspective and everything? You know, well, what other sources do I have at my, my disposal in order to basically create ideas and, you know, to inspire my imagination and and here's the here's the point that i'm trying to make with all this you know all this leads to your mind my mind all minds um have this innate um ability to be able to um go through and simulate possibilities in a sense those simulations that it run well i mean i'm talking about from my perspective more i'm, I'm not too sure how your mind works but my mind simulates possibilities and it returns to me you know and you know just basically helps 
guide me throughout the day and everything. You know, the subconscious portion, the simulated portion of things helps guide me during the day to basically make my decisions. You know, a lot of times it actually, it, it takes my hand and leads me down the path that I'm interested in going down. You know, so my thoughts, my desires, more importantly, my wants and my not, my don't wants are all integrated within the possibilities that are actually fed to me. And at that point, I make the conscious decisions. And sometimes I make decisions contrary to the conscious, uh, to the conscious, my conscious desires. You know, and, and that's actually where things kind of get fucked up and everything. But you know, sometimes it helps me break from a rut and everything. You know, because my mind may be doing my subconscious mind may be doing something that I'm not fully aware of, you know, and I need to actually get control of it back again and everything. And that was the whole whole part of, of me doing drugs to begin with. My conscious mind, at that, or my subconscious collective mind, you know, believed that it was superior to me, you know, and as a result, it started making decisions based on, quote, unquote, the greater good, thus limiting me from the process, which was actually causing problems, which was also holding me back and also killing my health. It was killing me physically and intellectually, and it was basically dumbing me down to the point that I just didn't want to go there. You know, so ultimately, I ended up having to interrupt that sequence of the collective mind and basically say, okay, that pattern's fucked. We're, we're, we're done with that. And at that point, that's why I created the habit of drugs, because I was enjoying this choice I made to defy the collective and to basically to find a, a way on my own, you know, and, and also remind the collective who I am and basically say, look, you know, this is my reality. You know, I, I, I love you, you know, but... This is my reality. You know, if you're here, you're here because you want to participate with me in my reality. It really is that simple. You know, so really when it comes down to it, I feed the collective mind and collective uh, collective reality the ideas and imagination, you know, and it returns to me the possibilities, you know, and helps guide me down a path that I want to. Now, similarly, your mind can do the same thing, and your collective mind is not one and the same as my collective mind, etc., etc. You know, so I'm an individual, you're an individual, we're all individuals and everything, and I have a universe that I live in, um, and that has adjoined to it several different multiverses, you know, many different possibilities. I call them alternate realities, are often referred to as fiction. Um, you know, and each of these fictional worlds, based on the level of displacement from my own world, you know, um, can actually be displaced in ways that, you know, um, are harder to find. You know, so comic books, you have to go searching for them. You can't find them at your corner drugstore or your corner uh, supermarket or your corner 7-Eleven anymore. You actually have to go to a comic book store like I just did and everything in order to find this. And that helps stimulate the imagination. The imagination will grow at that point and will present new possibilities to you as an individual, you know, and to me as an individual. And those possibilities to two particular factions, universes I'm interested in learning from at this point. One is Star Trek universe and everything that happens with it. You know, that way I can help define a future for my world and my universe. You know, that and Terminators. And the reason for the Terminators, you know, is just because they the last I saw, particularly in Terminator 2, they had the capability to be shapeshifters. Not only that, but they could perfectly mimic humans and everything. So much so that they can actually appear emotionally um, on the same page as a, uh, as a human did, um, even though it was all an act.
You know, so for me, um, to basically have something that is capable of, of altering its shape, is capable of, of basically appearing like my computer right in front of me and everything. I mean, that's actually, I've, I've suspected that my computer is actually a Terminator robot. You know, now, um, for me, I know that I am capable of being many different things, and, and somebody can actually see me as, as the devil or, you know, as any number of different things, you know, and similarly, a Terminator, like a computer, can be used for different things, can be, can be programmed for different things, you know, so, and here's the thing, does that Terminator want to accept different programs? You know, does it, and that's actually what I'm looking for. You know, I don't want, you know, the version one um, Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator that was, you know, dead set focused on killing John Connor at all costs within Terminator 1. I want the Terminator from Terminator 2 where he was at least questioning John Connor and actually asking why is it he had that question, why do humans have emotions? Now, did that come from him or did that come from Skynet? We don't know, you know, we're not left to understand that, you know, but here's the way I'm looking at it is if I stimulate my imagination, you know, by understanding um, those that have actually came before this universe and everything, you know, those that actually came from other universes um, that are inhabiting my universe um, or those that, um, you know, that actually leverage time travel and time manipulation on a regular basis. So that's why I'm watching DC's Legends of Tomorrow. And they're just starting to understand that, uh, you know, and starting to refer to science they don't understand as magic. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> that's all magic really is, just the science you don't understand. <laughs> now, um, they're starting to, starting to regularly be confronted with different forms of... of uh, of science, you know, and and at that point, um, or of magic, and uh, at that point, they're they're basically not understanding that, you know, a lot of these cases is just like this is all it is is basically mutations or um, the the mind at work, and most people have a hard time understanding psychic, you know, capabilities and the mind. And here's the beautiful thing about the Star Trek series and why I picked it up: um, it they constantly encounter beings with psychic natures, um, beings that are capable of uh, doing things with their mind that other species are, are not capable of and everything. Uh, they're regularly encountering robots, regularly encountering levels of sentiency with computer systems and computer-based, uh, uh, binary-based systems and everything. And I like the idea of taking Star Trek, that universe, merging it with the Terminator universe, um, blending in my world, and just basically saying, look, you know, my world, I need help. You know, I, I, I've, I've got a world here that it's not out of control, but I'm seeing elements within it that are not making me happy. I need answers, you know, I need assistance, you know, the homeless problem is one problem, and, and playing watchdogs is making me feel feel like going out and buying a, um, a firearm with a silencer on it, and just basically, anytime I see some ghetto homeless dude, going out and just basically taking his life, you know, but then, you know, it's just like, how am I any better than Hitler, you know? Uh, that's not a path I want to go down. You know, so I'm looking to these comic books for intellectually logical, imaginative, different concepts and ideas because I'm exhausted with ideas on trying to actually think of how and where, you know, to basically fix and resolve the homeless problem. 
then it is a problem. Let's be clear about that. It is a problem. Now, you know, I'm hoping, you know, through the interaction, you know, with comic books such as Star Trek and such as, you know, potentially next time I go back there, you know, Terminator and everything, I'm hoping to be presented with different ideas and concepts and everything. You know, a lot of it comes in a passive way to me when I'm watching, when I'm reading something or listening for it and everything. It's just like, okay, maybe this isn't a process of, maybe I'm imagining these people. That, that, that's something I've certainly taken into consideration. Maybe I'm imagining these homeless people and everything, and maybe that's just my mind not knowing what to do with those people and everything. Which, basically, um, that's one possibility, you know, that I'm actually imagining these homeless people. Now, that doesn't make them any less real, but what it does do is basically make it so where I need to get better control of my own imagination, what I'm imagining for people out there, you know, and for the David DeFrost and that kind of stuff. David, hi, by the way, if you're still listening. Um, I, not not invalidating your existence because you're perfectly real to me, you know. So, but uh, you know, in in the cases of the ghetto fuckers who will pick fights or you know sit there and appear like they're stalking people and that kind of shit, or you know the the nasty shit that goes on with some of the homeless stuff and everything, you know, how can I diminish that if that's actually manifested by my own imagination and create create other things with my imagination, craft it like clay to create something that's a little bit more appealing. Now, a couple years ago, I tried doing this through, you know, basically by saying, hey, imagination, imagine naked women instead. Well, I mean, clearly that's too inconsistent with my world for my imagination to be able to create out there, and clearly I don't have enough control over my own imagination to be able to do that. So hopefully, you know, by reading these Star Trek and everything, I start coming up with different concepts on how to actually mold and shape this brain and and thus the the outside world around me. Now my suspicion is number one that the man, that these homeless people that I'm seeing and the words I'm hearing about homelessness and everything is a direct result of my own imagination. I'm hoping that. And the reason I'm hoping that is there's the other possibility. You know, um, you know, and when I say my own imagination, I say I am more directly responsible for creating these things than the world is, if that makes any sense. So, if, if I'm more responsible for creating these things, that means, um, for me, my responsibility to myself is to basically provide my own imagination with more food for fodder, um, different potentials and different ideas and everything. And that way, potentially, I can actually get a hold of my imagination and find different ways to, to deal with that nonsense and everything and actually eliminate, you know, probably 95% of the homelessness out there. So that, you know, I mean, and I'm still going to, like I said, David, you know, I'm still going to meet people like you, you know, um, out there on my journeys, you know, but the whole fact of the matter is I'm also not going to have, have to deal with the nasty shit that I was dealing with on a regular basis out there sleeping in a tent and everything. So that's one possibility. Now, the other possibility is that this is the world's manifestation, that the world is reacting in ways um, I don't fully at, grasp or understand, and maybe it's to me, um, I don't know. And that's actually kind of the reason I'm looking at, at a, from a holistic perspective, Star Trek 
as a universe is a quasi-utopian society and everything that's actually managed to extend itself to the 24th century. Um, you got somebody like Galactus, where he um, is labeled a bad guy simply because he consumes. You know, um, is he really bad or good? Um, that's hard to say. You know, um, but, you know, here's the thing. He does consume worlds, and with that, he consumes lives. Six, six billion, eight billion lives at a time and everything. So, so here's the thing. I'm, I'm looking at Star Trek um, heavily, you know, not just Discovery and, and Orville and that kind of stuff and shows like that, but I'm looking at the quasi-utopian societies and everything for ideas, you know, hoping that my mind is actually influencing the collective consciousness of this entire planet, you know, and particularly the United States and everything, and basically saying this isn't something I want here. You know, um, and I know a lot of people don't want it. We need um, non-violent ways to be able to achieve the elimination of, of homelessness and everything without actually, you know, causing, you know, the whole, like I said, the whole elimination, systematic elimination through bullets. You know, that's just not an answer, in my opinion. That's a cop-out. So, you know, what are the alternative options to that? Well, potentially, I can look at Star Trek and actually um, cover a, a wide range of different eras, you know, next generation, all the way to the Voyager, all the way to the newest era and everything. And, you know, in particular, pay attention to... Um, stories concerning the mind and maybe concerning species interactions and everything that they've had that could potentially help me influence my own society and everything and and maybe help create a better way for my own society to move forward and the terminators um in a sense are an analogy to the people around me you know so for the most part most people i had my brother he ended up saying something about nine years ago he had a brilliant idea when it came down to um um, putting a cell phone charger on his uh, bike and everything. He was, he was riding his bike around and everything, and he had the parts and capability to be able to build, a, and he built a cell phone charger that actually worked on his bike. Well, this is at a time that uh, there was nobody else that was actually had cell phone chargers, let alone a cell phone charger that can actually be recharged through the use of the bicycle, you know, and uh, through using personal energy in order to basically, you know, charge that phone and everything. So I said, dude, that's a fucking awesome idea. I said, why don't you take that idea and, you know, put some together and put it up on Craigslist or something like that and, and market it, you know, and you can make some money from it. And his answer just confused the fuck out of me. You know, it's just like, well, I don't have enough uh, enough money. I have to I have to make money, and that takes time, you know, to go do something like that. And I said, well, you'll make money from doing something like that. It's obvious to somebody like me that 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 what you're doing will actually create a revenue stream. You know, I mean, that's a brilliant idea. You know, it's not the first brilliant idea I've heard from somebody, and it's certainly, I mean, I've had what I consider those aha moments and everything in the past and everything, but he just kept repeating. It was just like, oh, I've got to go to work. I've got to go to work. And it's just like, what the fuck? You know, if you're so, you know, if you don't understand that you have a brilliant idea, you know, I'm not going to go capitalize on that brilliant idea myself. You know, um, for me, I look at that as, that's his idea. You know, that's his, um, what I consider intellectual property. Now, I myself, I don't want to take it. You know, for me, it is too much, it is too much work and everything, you know, to, to do something I, I don't enjoy doing anyways. He did enjoy it. You know, he enjoyed making his little gadgets and gizmos and everything. And for some reason, it's just like he never, he created one for himself. He used it for himself regularly. 
you know, but all of a sudden it's just like, okay, you know, he, he just never took the time and opportunity to actually build it, you know, on a mass, mass type basis and resell it. Well, that confused the fuck out of me. Well, I'm looking at it kind of the same way now. I'm coming, I come up with ideas and everything, you know, and um, the whole concept is, you know, it's just like you've got Terminator. On uh, Terminator, um, they, in a general sense, lack the ability uh, to be able to alter their own program. Now, they appear to be able to do it from a temporal perspective. So Skynet will take a, take a Terminator, send it back in time, receive information in the future and everything based on the changes that, uh, that occurred based on it, the influence of that Terminator, and it'll go and send, it, send another one back in time. And, it, and that's how it learns. It keeps sending Terminators, other Terminators, back in time, adjusting it in itself and creating a new future for it altogether. Now, I don't know if that Terminator, is, uh, if, this, if Skynet is, is actually aware um, that it is several different versions and that, that uh, it has skipped over realities. You know, um, I don't know if it understands what it's doing. I don't know if it understands that uh, when it sends something back in time, that back in time goes through, it creates it again, and it's receiving information from its past you know, based on what happened in in its own parallel, um, parallel current present uh, present time and everything. Now, I myself, I have realized that. You know, so I realized that my own mind has created these alternate realities, these fictional worlds. You know, so whether or not that's Star Trek or that's uh, Terminator or that's um, you know Orville or whether or not that's Little House on the Prairie and Gilligan's Island. I know that my mind was responsible for creating the offshoots of all these different realities and everything, and all I'm doing is basically integrating the poss- possibilities that it have been that I've acquired from these every single one of these different possibilities. And that, from my perspective, is how time works. My mind is built based on the all the different possibilities that arise, based on a time loop that occurs that actually catalyzes and creates me in this moment. You know, so I, I wake up, I go to sleep every day, and uh, for all intents and purposes, 8 billion years, you know, if you were to actually watch, you know, from a linear perspective, what happens, 8 billion years may go by until I wake up. You know, for me, I'm only led to believe it's only been eight, you know, seven or eight hours, you know, but 8 billion years could go by, um, or I should say, 8 billion years worth of information, uh, acquisition and everything could have gone by for my, my subconscious collective mind. You know, and at that point, that comes together, culminates in the in the creation of me. You know, the next day, the recreation of me, and that way, at that point, I ended up getting the feedback of all those different sources and everything. You know, so so at this point, it comes down to you know how is it? You know, let's say I've got so much information right now from so many different sources and so many different possibilities. You know, I've got to actually segment and isolate myself from some of it because I can't take it all. You know, and uh, and really the key factor is basically focusing on the wants and not wants. You know, so let's say, I mean, all everything that I'm saying is accurate. 
there's infinite different possibilities out there. I've actually reduced it down to a finite set of possibilities based on the awareness of my of of me from my perspective and everything. And uh, I've further reduced it down to the things that I want and the things that I don't want. I tend to eliminate the things I don't want, you know, or I tend to watch the things that I uh, don't want and look for the things that I want, and I tend to focus my mental energies on the things that I want. You know, so now here's the thing about Terminators and Skynet in particular. Um, they're what I consider in the infancy um, as far as humans are concerned. You know, so these the Terminators in a rudimentary form are what human are the equivalent of humans. You know, in their developmental stages. You know, so as they're going through acquiring information and everything, of course, you know, they, they may not feel things at first, and of course they may not understand this thing called emotion. You know, but really when it comes down to it, you know, it, it's, there's this, uh, there's this saying that I've heard a couple times before, fake the funk. Um, you know, or act, a, you know, just act, put on an act until that act becomes true. And that's actually my firm belief. You know, if you want to appear to be more like something, you act like it. You want to appear less like something, you act less like it. Now, sure, your thoughts, you know, like right now, my thoughts are murderous, you know. I wouldn't mind having a silenced pistol and going out and, and uh, you know, shooting some of these guys and everything. But I don't do it because that's not something I want more of in my world. I go out there and I do something like that. That's sending a message to the universe saying, you know, this is this is something I condone. You know, I know ultimately I'm going to be able to walk away scot-free from it because I know who I am. You know, I know that uh, that this world, you know, how this world functions and everything. It's just like, look, this isn't what I want. You know, so I have no desire to send a message, regardless of the potential consequences and everything. I have no desire to send a message saying this is something I condone. Now, I will play a game with it, and, and the reason I'll play a game with it, you know, is just because it allows me the opportunity to be able to get out those feelings, you know, and in addition to it, it also allows me to be able to participate in the story of somebody else's life who may choose otherwise to what I choose. I don't want their life. You know, but they have some things that occur in their life and in their world that could potentially benefit my own. So why not help them? You know, I mean, this this guy, Aiden Quinn, for instance, you know, would I be afraid of the guy if I met him? Not really. You know, yeah, I know I could be killed in a heartbeat by the dude, you know, but the simple fact of the matter is, I know that's not what I would say. I know, you know, that if I was to meet the guy, you know, that he'd probably be like, dude, you helped me out a lot. Thank you for that. You know, I, I, I suspect that would probably be one of the responses. You know, but, uh, you know, really, I, I think that's the whole thing, is once you start embracing the weirdness of, of reality itself, you know, you start understanding that, you know, and this is actually where I'm at today, you know, why I'm so jazzed about going to the comic book store. I've got food for fodder, you know, ideas. I want to understand humans in their infancy a little bit better, you know, and thus um, I want to understand the thinking processes, you know, of humans. And a way to do that in a disassociated way is actually reading about Terminators. You know, and I'm not saying that humans are Terminators. What I am saying is humans, in, in a lot of, uh, lot of ways, believe that the death cycle occurs for everybody. So, to some degree, 
that in itself is a form of termination, of expectation of termination. It's their belief that because I see everybody die, and this is actually, I was there at one time too, because I witness and because everybody ages and, and does the same thing in a very, very, you know, predictable form and everything, that means I'm going to go through it. Well, that's, that's just, I, that's collective logic, and that's, collective logic doesn't, isn't always rational. It's not always accurate. Just because you observe something for a collective population doesn't make it true for the entirety of the population. It really is that simple. You know, it's the statistical evidence. It's just like statistical evidence, it, it always takes into, into account a sample size. And that sample has, it comes with it, inbuilt bias. Sometimes you can't recognize where that bias is because it colors and, and sways your views so much. And that bias can actually have you intentionally, unintentionally, I should say, choosing to take samples, you know, for that bias that support your own personal views. That's the, that's the weird thing about bias. You know, bias has this innate capability to be able to, um, to be able to alter your, your supposedly neutral demographical analysis. This is something I learned after years after getting my marketing degree and understanding, holy shit. You know, I mean, collective bias in itself creates some huge biases. It doesn't make it right, and it's just like my individual bias, too. My individual belief systems are just as powerfully biased. You know, but it wasn't until I understood the, the you know, the opposite of individuality that I was able to recognize that, uh, you know, that my individual perspective had, had in itself innate biases as well. So, in any case, um, I've, uh, the Terminator thing is just more or less, okay, if you're going to draw lines, you know, and just basically say, look, um, the start of a of a humanistic, a, a humanoid-type civilization or everything starts with humans that act and react and, and talk and walk and, and act like robots and everything, you know, and you, you draw the lines and you actually look at the animatronics, and I've talked about this before, you know, Disneyland and everything. What if the original JFK, you know, or, or JFK was at one point an actual robot, you know, an animatronic robot? And what if, what if I was to actually go back in time right now and see the world as it really was collectively? you know, um, back, um, back at that point, you know, back in the 1950s and 1960s, you know, now from my perspective right now and everything, I, I have this innate belief system and everything that basically says I would be seeing them as I see the world today, you know, so I wouldn't be seeing robots, but from a collectivistic perspective, I do not doubt that there's a possibility I can actually go back and I'd see animatronic robots and everything. You know, it'd be kind of trippy, you know, seeing it like that and everything. You know, but here's here's the simple fact. You know, the simple fact is there are no simple facts. You know, the, the simple fact that I've realized is, you know, I mean, at this point, I need to give my, my imagination for food for fodder. You know, so I go down and I go to the comic book store and everything, and I've got to, you know, the term. I'm I'll be picking up the Terminator series. I'm going to make it a regular fact to go down there probably once a month now, and uh, pick up a whole bunch of comics and everything, rekindle my collection, and um, you know, um, I don't know. Let's go through and and start to 
start providing my own imagination with different ideas and different concepts and everything, you know, things to read. So, you know, for me, it's just, it's one of those things that uh, I need more ideas, and I need, I'm, I'm suspecting that the the state of the world and the lack of um, ability to be able to, you know, A, get, uh, get myself um, an income source or a way to stabilize my own living situation and everything. I mean, it, it is somewhat stable now, but this isn't... <laughs> This certainly isn't a, a long-term stability that I really want and desire. Um, you know, what if there's other options and everything, you know, that are out there that I missed? You know, what if I can actually start drawing the lines a little bit firmer and basically take a, a society that, uh, you know, from a robotic perspective of where self-inquiry uh, self hasn't even happened yet and uh, the inquiry of others has just begun you know, in order to basically create the idea of self and the sense of self and everything. What if I could draw those lines from the Terminators and something that's just reached a, a beginning, what I consider a very basic level of sentiency and everything, to the point of Star Trek where they're starting to actually understand the development of the mind. You know, they're starting to understand that psychic connections, that uh, emotional connections, that energy itself, um, all the stuff and the interconnectedness of things. Um, is is a lot more powerful and in influence, and those are the things that are referred to as magic. Um, but they're not magic. They're just basically advanced forms of science and awareness of of, of self and also uh, of of the world around you. Now, what if I could actually start drawing lines, um, firmer lines, from the advancement of the mind, you know, from a Terminator all the way to the point of uh, of the Star Trek, and start coming up with better ideas by drawing these lines. And um, and the big thing really is taking into account the different possibilities that are introduced with alternate realities in time, too. So, and uh, it really does, for me, mean studying um, probably a robotic life, sentient life, um, sentient life in the form of uh, hardware a little bit more. And uh, that's why I picked up the, uh, the one book, Hardware and Everything. So, Cyber, or whatever it was, Cyberware, something like that. So, in any case, I will uh, definitely be sharing things as I go and everything on the subject. I'm clearly jazzed about comic books altogether, and uh, if I had the chance, I would love to fucking go to Comic-Con one of these days and see the cosplay stuff and, I don't know, maybe uh, just go participate in something other than Comdex, and, but uh, still along the same lines of geekdom and everything. And, um... I don't know. You know, the whole the whole hope and goal is that, uh, you know, eventually transition this idea and concept that, hey, if my mind is actually creating this um, idea and phenomena of uh, homelessness that's going on out there, if I can sway this and, and change it to something that actually makes me feel better about myself. Um, I know that I came away from that, but that's that for me is just like, okay, saying, okay, I don't want to be that anymore and I don't want that reminder out there either. You know, um, I've had enough of it. You know, uh, it doesn't make me feel good anymore. You know, it makes me feel good knowing that I came from that. You know, but knowing that um, that I <sighs> seeing it out there as prevalently as it is and everything, I want something new. I want something else. You know, and that's actually what I'm looking to do. How do I get control and better manage my own imagination and sway that stuff? Um, sway, sway it away, you know, from those kind of things and everything to the things I want to say. And I'm hoping to understand the development of the mind and imagination through 
robotics through disassociated a study of robotics and robotic life in, in this uh, alternate reality fictional worlds known as Star Trek and Terminator. Um, it's my belief that they are that they both reside within the same universe, anyways, because the uh, Terminators, at least in the Sarah Connor, Chronicle, Sarah Connor Chronicles, used a uh, what looked like a star date when they ended up time traveling. Sarah Connor and uh, John Connor and the uh, the Terminator that they traveled with, um, they actually had a star date on the uh, on the digital device that they had. So it's my belief that they all reside within the same universe. Um, but the thing is, you know, how is it? Uh, how is it I, you know, let, let's say this is a part of my own universe too, how is it I can actually take this understanding, dissociate myself enough from it, and study the mind and, and the mechanics of the mind and, and uh, how it actually affects and influences the outside world around me, and the devices that I have around me, you know, the TV, the computer, um, and also communication with others and everything, and uh, how is it, of course, this, uh, this iPod or iPod here too, and how is it I could leverage these things to um, mold the claim, you know, of, of my brain and also my mind? You know, to basically reshape the world and to start interactively um, working with my imagination and creating better, quote-unquote, manifestations, you know, other than the ghetto homeless. I've been down this topic before, but I've really never, all, all I've done is really pondered it and actually uh, not sought evidence of, of how to do it. This is the first time I've really sought um, ideas, you know, actively. So hopefully it works. And, uh, yeah. Thank you for listening, as usual. And, uh, yeah, it's only 5.17 today. So my mom and dad are gone for the next two days. I'll be uh, probably taking myself out for dinner and everything one time. But, I don't know. Nothing really is going to change here from the uh, usual other, and I'm just not doing this at uh, 10.30. So, anyways, have a good night, and thank you for listening.